We've all been there. We're introducing a new concept, and all of a sudden, Sally McAwesome at the back of the room slowly raises her hand and says, but Mr. Tarbit, I took piano lessons, and we learned that a long time ago. I'll be honest, that used to drive me nuts, but then I started teaching private lessons, and to say the least, I've changed my tune. You're listening to That Music Podcast with me, Bryson Tarbett. I'm the music educator and blogger behind That Music Teacher and ThatMusicTeacher.com. Join me as I dive into what it really means to be a music educator. I hope that you're able to find a nugget of inspiration each week as I share my favorite ways to create purposeful instruction through active music making. Along the way, you'll hear from some of my amazing colleagues as they share practical advice that you can apply to your own classrooms. So grab a coffee, sit down, and let's get started. This episode is brought to you by the Sing Your Song Collection from ThatMusicTeacher.com. The Sing Your Song Collection is all about being true to yourself in whatever way that means. We all have our own song to sing, and it's important for us to remember that all of our songs are a little bit different. To learn more about the Sing Your Song Collection, head on over to ThatMusicTeacher.com slash store. Let me paint you a picture. It's January 2020, and you just started working at a private music studio in Dublin, Ohio. All of a sudden, March 2020 hits, and everything changes. Well, that's what happened with me. (laughs) Kind of on a whim, in December of 2019, I reached out to a studio in Dublin, Ohio, called Musicology Dublin. I wanted to start getting a little bit more income, wanted to learn, you know, wanted to be able to save up some money to buy a house. And I just kind of on a whim, I applied and I got an interview. And the more I started learning about the company, the more I was like, yes, I'm here for this. So I started teaching private piano and voice lessons on Thursdays and Fridays. um, And I honestly, I instantly fell in love with it. (laughs) During COVID, especially early COVID, things were very quickly. Um, they changed and you know I did a lot of zoom lessons um, and it was not ideal but it was a lot better than than I thought it was gonna be quite honestly but anyway you know now it's 2022 and I still teach piano lessons and voice lessons and now I teach adaptive music lessons and junior lessons and I absolutely love it the point of me telling this story is the fact that I'm currently teaching private music lessons as well as teaching public school music education and that is what today's episode is all about, is how we as music educators can help bridge that gap for those students that are receiving private music lessons, while at the same time making sure that we're not counting it against those that can't afford or just happen to not take music lessons, so that we can make sure that all of our students are challenged, all of our students are set up for success, and all of our students are able to be amazing music makers. I'll be honest, as someone who has been fairly Kodai influenced, I really struggled with the idea of my kids already knowing the concepts that we were introducing. Um, But I quickly kind of got over that even before I started student teaching. But one thing that I really started understanding when when I started teaching piano lessons is that a lot of piano curriculums don't really teach the same way. (laughs) Like, I'm, I'm kind of confused about that you know we we, t- we 
a lot of the times, and even one of my students said, hey, you know, Mr. Bryson, why why have we not had any TTs in any of the music that we've been doing? And it, it got me thinking, you know, why do we, all, you know, a lot of music education in elementary, and I'm not saying all, but why does a lot of music education start on TAS and TTs, but then in our piano curriculum, we start with, you know, half notes and whole notes. I mean, definitely something for consideration. <laughs> but one thing that I've learned as someone who's teaching both privately and in the classroom is that this is not a detriment for our students. This is something that we can use to further everyone's musical experience and exploration. One thing I love doing with my students that are taking piano lessons or even voice lessons is allowing them the opportunity to perform at the end of class, even if it's just like as we're lining up. Um, I think it's a great way to kind of bridge that gap. And I'm not saying I'm the one that created this. I 100% stole this idea from my cooperating teacher, but I think it's a great way to say like, hey, you know, as we're lining up, would anyone like to share a song? And basically saying, hey, like if, you, if you've been taking piano lessons or, you know, if you've been taking voice lessons or you've been taking whatever lessons and you have the instrument, would you like to share with the class? Because not only is that allowing the student to perform, which is a huge experience, it's also allowing the other students in the class to be an audience. And let's be honest, we can never have enough experiences being an audience because it's so important to understand what an audience is and how to do that in a way that we're being respectful and allowing students to, um, you know, clap at the end and make sure we're not talking and things like that. That, aud that audience etiquette is huge. Beyond that, especially when we're talking with newer concepts, typically the piano students, and again, I say piano because typically that's those are the students that I am seeing um, that are, you know, most lessons are being taught, but sometimes it's a guitar, sometimes it might be voice, uh, it might be violin, maybe they're doing Suzuki or something like that. But I, I typically see that these students are, are often able to serve kind of as leaders in the classroom because they've had a little bit more experience working with the concepts. Now, this is not obviously, obviously not always the case. But sometimes if we're, you know, breaking up into groups, I might make sure that we're breaking these kids up so that they're able to help others. But sometimes I might also kind of put them a little bit together to allow them to kind of explore the concept a little bit more in depth, kind of a little bit of a, like a differentiation to make sure, you know, while, you know, some of these students might be learning half note for the, you know, the first time, this is the first time experience it. Some of these piano students, they might've been doing half notes for two years now. And, you know, we, we don't want to make, we want to make sure that we're engaging all of our students. Um, so I, I kind of use a balance of allowing them to serve as a leader while also allowing them to serve, um, to kind of work together with those you know, that might also take piano lessons or, you know, or other lessons to kind of advance and dive a little bit deeper into the concept, or maybe even, you know, kind of do an extension. So if, you know, if we're working on half notes, maybe instead of just, you know, identifying half notes with rest of the class, maybe these students are composing with half notes. Or maybe these students are, you know, differentiating half notes versus dotted half notes. Again, it's that added step of differentiation by understanding what our students are coming into the lesson before we teach them. Like I said before, when I first started teaching, I would get so frustrated when I'm doing a presentation moment in my quote unquote Kodai influenced education and one of my piano students kind of gives away the answer before we're ready. And I used to get really, really upset about it. And then I started thinking about it and I'm like, you know what? It's one, it's not worth it. But two, that is an opportunity to allow that student to impart their knowledge, their musical understanding to the rest of the class. I think that allowing that student to be a teacher in that moment 
is going to benefit them as a student, but I think it might also engage them more, you know, the other students, because this was, wasn't something that Mr. Tarbit taught. This was something that Sally taught. This was something that they were able to share because they of, of their experiences, and that might stick well with them. And the more that I understood that it isn't all about me, first off. <laughs> it isn't about what my lesson plan is. It's what they know and what they need to know. And how can we bridge that gap? That was when I was able to really make a change in my teaching and in my ability to help the students get what they needed to get. Another wonderful added benefit of students that are taking piano lessons is when we get out to the ORF instruments, when you get in the glockenspiel, xylophone, metallophones, they already have a little bit of an understanding of the keyboard, um, which I think is beneficial in a lot of ways. One, it's very different from a piano, but at the same time, it's also very similar. So not only is that student able to see, you know, how is this similar to a piano? How is it different from a piano? Which is helping them both as a piano student and as a general music student. It's also allowing them to serve as a leader or serve as um, the opportunity in an ensemble setting for doing an ORF ensemble to take a little bit of a trickier part with someone that might not understand how to read the notes or things like that um, because they have a little bit different experience. And I say different experience rather than more experience because all of our students are coming in with lots of different experience. You know, maybe we, you know, maybe Sally, Sally Joe or whoever is, is doing wonderful at playing the xylophone because they've taken piano lessons for five years, but maybe Jackson next door has been taking piano lessons for eight years, but you know, it's, you know, it's a little different to taking guitar lessons. And I, don't, I, I meant to say guitar. I don't know if I did. I don't know. Here we are. Uh, <laughs> but what I'm trying to get at is all of our students are coming with experience, even if they've never taken any formal music training, that impacts what happens in our classroom. So I wanna shift gears for a little bit. I wanna to talk to those people like me that are piano teachers or are private teachers, because I think there's something that we get wrong when it comes to the way we teach music. And that's something that I found honestly incredibly surprising when I started teaching private lessons is that some of the things we do are the exact opposite of what we are expecting our students to do in the private setting. I talked earlier about how the rhythmic concepts and the rhythmic sequence is a little bit different. And truthfully, I feel like there's a better answer. I personally, I love the idea of tall TT as the first rhythms rather than, you know, half note and whole note. So it might be worthwhile if you're a piano teacher looking into, are there curriculums that start with Ta and Titi? Are there curriculums that start with the rhythms that kids are learning in kindergarten? But also, it's important for us to understand that our kids are getting musical concepts in school. Whether we agree with the, the way that they're taught or not, they're getting them. And we need to make sure that we are not working against them. We can say different things and help each other work together without working against each other. Because again, our goal is not for that student to be the next wonderful piano virtuoso. Our goal is for that student to grow musically. And I think if we have that goal in mind, that's where we are able to really focus in 
our our instruction focus in the way we plan the way we structure our lessons and honestly just the way we interact with our students to make sure that we are still making this as play-based as we can as developmentally appropriate as we can and understanding that the way we teach music is not the end all be all like someone in my tiktok chat again i'm recording this live on tiktok they talked about how private students can share what their private or, or students on classrooms share what their private teachers have told them and we can steal that we can use that and i've had that happen so many times where someone has said oh you know my piano teacher says is this and it really changes the way that i teach and i'm like wow that was brilliant why have i never done that and that is where i think that we can make sure that we're working together rather than just working separately on the same goal if you found this episode helpful at all, I would really appreciate you leaving a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Not only does this help me understand what you find most helpful, it also helps more music educators just like you find the podcast. To check out the show notes for this episode, including any links mentioned, head on over to thatmusicteacher.com slash show notes.